Hello, and welcome to the Confident Sober Women podcast. I'm your guide, Shelby John. I'm the mother of three, wife to one, and sober since July 1st, 2002. As sober women, we have something huge in common. And when we share our lives and our stories with each other, we feel that sense of belonging and connection so we know we are no longer alone. In this podcast, you will hear real-life talk about building confidence and transforming your life beyond recovery. So come on, let's talk. Hey there, Sober Ladies. Last week, I shared with you a little bit more about my story and kind of where my life was, and also a little bit about what it means to be emotionally sober. So if you missed it, I would highly encourage you to go back and check it out whenever you have a chance. So I have a question for you. Have you ever taken a shower with your dog before work? No? Well, that happened here last week. So last week, my daughter got her wisdom teeth out, and she's been a super big trooper about it. It's been very challenging, though, for her, and um, she's just had a lot going on. So Ryan and I left one morning around 5.30 a.m. to take Winnie for our walk so she could run around and just get all her energy out. And when we got home... Grace wasn't feeling so well. She had been in a lot of pain and the medication that she's using has been doing a complete number on her stomach. So she needed ice and meds and she just was feeling sick. So I was trying to help her, trying to get her all situated. Ryan's getting ready to get ready for work. Derek's getting dressed for school. And then Winnie came in to kind of offer her support because she loves to be right in the middle of the action. And we realized that she was super smelly. She was like completely crusted with something that she must have rolled in on our walk, I guess. And it was gross. So I'm holding the trash can. I'm trying to get the dog out. I'm running low on time to get ready. And um, there's all this stuff going on. So just picture this scene, okay? So I get Gray settled down. Ryan says, just put Winnie in the shower with me and I'll wash her off. So I'm dragging this dog by her collar over to the shower, put her in the shower. She's not really thrilled about it. And he is starting to shampoo her. He drops the shampoo bottle on his toe. Now his toe is bleeding. I still haven't had a shower. And I have an 8 o'clock client coming in just a little while. Thank goodness Derek was ready for school already. He dries Winnie off. Grace's medicine starts kicking in. And she's feeling a little bit better. And I was able to get my shower and get to work on time. But this is literally just a little window into our life on any given day, right? So today I'm going to give you a bit more about what I'm like today and why you should listen to me anyway. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about what confidence means and give you five ways to gain more of it. So these days, my days are split between being the mom of three teenagers and also helping women heal from their past trauma, as well as discovering those tools They need to become that stronger, more confident version of themselves by reversing negative thinking patterns, by transforming their daily routines, by helping them connect with their own personal core values, and really learning how to just love their lives in sobriety. I've been married to my high school sweetheart since 1998. I've mentioned him a couple times. That makes me feel really old when I say that that year. And uh, he tolerates me, uh, my constant question asking, uh, dreaming about things that we'll do eventually. Uh, He's a pretty cool guy. And a few things you might not know about me. So I'm 
a girl who is constantly special ordering every time we go out to a restaurant. So it drives my husband crazy, but it leaves the chefs, I'm sure, thinking like, why didn't I think about creating it that way? Because I always feel like the way I would love to have it seems like the best way. I'm also super obsessed with positive content in any form. It's definitely my go-to strategy for dealing with stress and anxiety and kind of helping myself uh, calm down or soothe myself whenever I'm feeling some difficult emotions. So some of my favorite content is things like Brene Brown, Jen Hatmaker, Emily P. Freeman, Tony Robbins, you know, really anything, as well as like super uh, funny stuff on Netflix, Schitt's Creek, um, I'm Sorry, stand-up comedians, Ellen DeGeneres, whoever I can get my hands on. So anything that's positive, and I love funny, because to me, funny is so fun. So most days of the week, you can find me wearing uh, leggings and maybe like a cute top and uh, with a necklace, you know, and some jewelry. You can kind of pull off that dressy sweatshirt, make it look work ready. So that is my go-to strategy. I love leggings. I'm so thankful that they are in style. I also love to exercise. I used to be a distance runner uh, for about 10 years, and I loved it when I was doing it. It was super incredible, especially in my recovery journey. It really helped me to get the confidence that I needed at that time in a variety of ways. Uh, Now, I just kind of jog around town with my friends and my dog. I love to hang out in the gym, too. That's just my way of getting physical activity. I'm super in love with my dog. Her name is Winnie. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned her already in this story. If you haven't been on my Facebook page or you're not in my Confident Sober Women group, then you might not have seen pictures of her. But if you jump over there, you'll see her. She's pretty cute. Um, I'm also, I think, with age, starting to become a little bit of an introverted extrovert. So I love being social. I've always been uh, the uh, person who gets my energy from people. But I'm noticing a little bit of a shift in that, and I don't know if it's just because of the work I've done in my life on becoming more comfortable with myself, that I am perfectly fine just being alone. I don't like to be you know, alone for more than like a day or two. I definitely want to interact with somebody, but I'm perfectly fine and content just hanging out by myself um, or doing things by myself, which is really a cool place to be because I can remember a time in my life when I didn't feel so comfortable with that, or I wouldn't have dreamed of doing things like maybe go to a movie or do some kind of an activity by myself. I just wouldn't have thought that was um, a good idea. Also, I live in Maryland. I don't know where you guys are all from, but in Maryland, we have all four seasons and 95% of my family lives here in about 10 minutes radius from us. So I love it. And um, we are right now it's fall and the leaves are all changing and I happen to live in a a home that has lots of woods in the back, so we get to enjoy the beautiful colors all through the fall. Um, I also love Instacart, and it delivers to my house. So that is a priority for any place I would ever live, is to have delivery groceries. It's literally the thing that saves my life. Some things you might not know about me or goals that I have um, for myself that you maybe don't know if you don't know me personally. I... um, Love service work and missions, so I would love to go on a mission trip someday to Africa. We sponsor two children that live there, and we you know, write letters back and forth with them. And someday I'd really love to travel there and do mission work and also be able to meet them. I think that would be so cool. I like doing other things in the community, um, servicing just neighbors or people and just trying to think of ways to reach out. It's definitely a passion of mine to be of service. Um, 
I also really want to travel to Alaska. It's a huge passion or dream of mine to travel there to see the grizzly bears and maybe even the salmon rush, depending on what time of year it is. But I have a friend that lives there as well. And so I'm super excited about getting the chance to travel out there to visit her and to see all that incredible part of the country. Um, I also just have the goal of providing as much knowledge and as much as many tools as I can to other women to learn how to heal themselves and know that they literally have all the tools that they need to become that stronger, more confident version of themselves within themselves because our bodies were designed that way. So just finally, what makes me good at what I'm doing and why should you even listen to me is I think for me, I, I learned... I've learned how to juggle family and business, which I know most of you as working, if anybody's a working woman out there, working people, we have to do this on a regular basis, right? So my first priority has always been family, but I've been able to build my own private practice over the last six or seven years or so on my own. I mean, I started that on my own. I got credentialed in the insurance companies. And then I started that coaching business online and I started serving women in the sober community online and reaching out and connecting with women all around the world, which was so cool because I wasn't limited to my physical location anymore. I'm super driven by results too. So I love personal stories of the women that I work with or that I know in my community. I really enjoy seeing the transformation that happens right in front of my eyes when I'm working with someone. I just, to me, that just lights me up when we can identify or when the light bulb starts to go off for them, right? And they see like, oh gosh, I never thought of it that way. Or they're starting to notice the change or other people are noticing the change in them and starting to point it out to them. That to me is the best because a lot of times we're the last to know about change, right? So when other people start to say things to us about, you know, maybe you're laughing more or boy, you really, you really learned how to handle difficult situations or they point out how you change during conflict. That is to me so cool. Uh, Like I already mentioned, I love service work. I love to just be, you know, looking out for opportunities to give a little. I think it's just really uplifting. It helps my sobriety a lot. It helps me to stay in gratitude when I can be consistently be of service to others. It's also why I started, a, you know, my Facebook group. It's called Confidence Sober Women. I started that to really provide a free and private space for women who are sober, who maybe, you know, they've been in other communities, they've done the 12-step work, or they've had therapy and stuff, but they're looking to learn how to do this work of emotional sobriety. And so I wanted to create that space for them and offer them the support and a community to um, help better their, their lives, really. So for me, also, I worked in child welfare for many years, and then I started my clinical practice. And while I was doing that, I learned that there's some gaps in the system, and there really were some specific needs of women in sobriety. And to me, the foundation of all of this work that we're doing together is the notion that sobriety is only the beginning. It's just the beginning. It can only take you so far. So like literally just getting sober is amazing. Of course, we're all miracle. Getting sober is incredible, but it's only the beginning. And if that's all you did, you're missing out on the sunlight of the spirit, right? You're cutting yourself off from all of the potential and all of the the goodness and the joy that can come from doing the work beyond recovery. So learning those tools and the practical wisdom 
to heal your own body, like I already mentioned, and to stay spiritually fit is super important. And that's why I buy into and have studied so aggressively the concept of natural wellness. Because it's so important for us to realize that our bodies were literally created and designed to heal themselves. That's why they work so well. But we kind of tend to come in and mess it all up. You know, we we feed it bad things. We breathe yucky air. We drink water and substances and things like that that really mess up our bodies. So I'm not saying that there isn't a place for medical intervention. I'm not saying that. I'm not against medicine or medical intervention. Of course, there's a place for that. All I'm saying is that there is a lot that we can do to heal ourselves. And there's a lot that we can learn about our own systems, about how our bodies function, about what is best for our minds and our bodies. Because this is the other thing that I find is as a big gap is we don't function individually as one part, right? Our mind doesn't function by itself. Our emotions don't function by themselves. Our bodies don't function by themselves. And so we're not we're not all of these parts. I mean, we are a lot of parts, but they're not separate. There's all of these parts in one unit called the body. And so when I'm talking about healing the body, I mean all of the parts, our mind, our mental health, our emotions, all of it. It's not just focused on the heart or focused on the bones or focused on your digestive tract. It's all of the stuff combined as one unit and working together to create that joy and peace and serenity on the inside and really that what's called emotional sobriety to learn how to live your life and love your life beyond recovery. So I wanted to talk for a minute about what the term confidence or self-esteem really is. So what does that mean? So the dictionary definition of self-esteem is confidence in one's own worth or abilities, also self-respect. I love this definition and I love the self-respect part especially because I think that's where we get when we get the, the most, when we make ourselves a priority, when we when we learn that things like self-care or doing things for ourselves is not selfish. That's that is self-respect. It's a making our learning how to make ourselves a priority. So when you tackle the limiting beliefs that you have about yourself, uh, you know, things like, I can't do that. I'm not smart enough. I'll never be enough. No one cares about what I have to say. I don't deserve it. I'm not good enough. All of these negative and limiting beliefs. When we start to tackle them, you begin to develop the confidence and the acceptance of yourself, which ultimately leads to a deep self-love and connection with yourself, right? And wouldn't we all like to have a deeper connection with ourselves. Isn't that kind of the point of being sober? I mean, we didn't get sober just to like muddle along and be robots and live life and not love yourself. Um, but I don't know even, I don't know if many of you can even imagine what that would be like. What would it be like to really love and respect yourself? Because most of us, when we were out there in, in active addiction, you know, we're not doing things that are very self-respecting. We're not focusing on self-care. We're not, you know, taking the time to create healthy habits and routines, taking the time to work on our spiritual fitness. We're just generally not. You know, maybe we're doing a little bit of it when we're in active addiction. Maybe we do like one tiny part, but we certainly are not bringing the whole package together as a unit. So if you can just imagine what that would feel like, 
I mean, I can, I bet you you have some experience when you've completed something or accomplished something and you felt really good about it, right? I know that you have to have something. Recall in your mind a time when you felt like you were really good at something, when you accomplished it, and bring that up in your mind. Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. Something that you finished, something that you um, did really well, something you achieved. These times and actions and stages exist in our life, and you can't make it to adulthood, honestly, without having some accomplishments, right? Most times when I ask people this question, sometimes they shake their head. They're like, oh, they can't come up with something. But we didn't make it to adulthood without some things that we've done well. For example, if you have had a child or, like me, several children, you win. You get the gold star. You literally grew an entire other human being inside your body for many months, and then you delivered that entire person to the world. That is a huge accomplishment and something that we often never take the time to consider as an accomplishment you literally created an entire other human being or multiple human beings. So if that's the only thing you can come up with right now, if you're really in, in the trenches and you're not feeling good about yourself and you can't come up with any good accomplishments, which I would beg to differ that there are at least 10, if you've had children, you win. But I know in some seasons it's challenging, right? We get knocked down. We get kicked around a little bit, even stepped on. Some seasons just really stink, and that's where those limiting beliefs start to creep in, the ones that I talked about before. They come in and they take hold of your brain and they suck the self-confidence and the worthiness and the value out of your brain and they make you believe an entire different story about yourself. And I want to tell you, ladies, they're all lies. All of those limiting negative beliefs about yourself are lies. They're mostly irrational they are coming from a place of fear, usually, and they're lies. So what can we do about it? Let's get into some action steps now, things you can legitimately do practically right now to start to make some changes in that way. I want to give you five simple steps that you can take anytime, no matter how old you are or how sober you are or what you've done or not done or whatever's happening in your life. And then I want you to really listen to me as I describe them and pick out the one for right now that really resonates with you, okay? They're all important. You can, you can resonate with all of them, but I really want you to learn to focus on one small thing at a time. So step number one is trying something new. Literally, the brain can build connections with its neurons, replacing some of the ones that we've already lost, like things that either we are getting old or we've damaged through our use, and it can build 
new neuropathways. It can build new competencies, new esteem, new joy. So when we try something new, it just brings joy to our brain is the best way I can describe it. So maybe you want to take up gardening, for example, or maybe you want to start doing training for a 5k or you want to take an art class or you want to, I don't know, take your dog to the trainer and start doing dog training, whatever it is, just think of something that you can start doing that's new. Even if it's driving a different way to work than your usual path or the one that I've been doing a lot is I brush my teeth with my left hand. It sounds weird and it is weird at first, but I've definitely gotten used to it now. And when we do that, we're creating new neuropathways in our brain and starting to challenge ourselves in a way that we hadn't been before. And it's giving us a lot of benefits and confidence. Number two is to start writing down your accomplishments. So those things that we already brought to attention, those things that we've done well, those things that we felt good about, our experiences where we felt accomplished or confident, begin to write them down. You know, so take a minute, you know, now or maybe the next time you have some meditation time and really bring up in your mind, scan through your life like a movie, float back to your earliest memories, scan through your life like a movie and look for those times that you felt accomplished, that you felt like you were confident, like you did something well and write them down. Give yourself some credit for it, right? It's kind of similar to doing a gratitude list and it helps us to visually affirm the achievements in our life because when we're down, like we just did that exercise a minute ago, when we're down, it's difficult to recall that stuff, you know, at our fingertips. So if you have them written down somewhere, you can go back to them and say, oh yeah, I remember when I did that and that during that time I felt really confident and during that time I felt a lot of self-worth, etc. Number three is getting physically active. So in my opinion, nothing breeds confidence like exercise or what I call physical activity. So you can get physical activity in a variety of ways. You can do formal activity like joining a gym or starting to go for a run. Um, But it also can be extremely informal. We just want you to do something that you like and so you will continue to do it. So... Think of something that's fun for you, whether you like dance or swimming or bike riding or just walking, or maybe you do like to take classes at the gym or yoga. There's tons of ways of getting physical activity in your life. And I want you to begin to challenge yourself in this area. So if you have some resistance, make sure you remember we can't bite off the whole thing at once, right? If you want to run a marathon and you're constantly thinking like, there's no way I could run a marathon. Well, no, you probably can't run a marathon today if you haven't been training for one, but you could go out and jog for 10 minutes and then tomorrow you could go out and do the same thing. And then I bet you in a month, if you've been doing that, you could run a 5k. And so remember that small things done consistently over time equal big results. So no, yeah, you can't go out and run a marathon today if you haven't been training, but you certainly can go buy new running shoes and you can make a plan. Okay, so number three is help someone. Being of service to others makes us feel valued. It just does. Using your talents and your skills and your abilities to help other people gives you self-worth, self-confidence, makes you feel like you 
are a part of something bigger than yourself. So give someone some direct assistance. Share helpful resources with each other. Teach someone something new. Maybe offer something you do well as a gift to somebody. Maybe you're really good at cooking and you really enjoy cooking and your neighbor is struggling right now and could really use some help in that way. Offer to make her a meal or two. Maybe you love gardening and your next door neighbor's stuff is all grown up and it's out of control. You know, just offer to go over and just do some weeding. You can also do silly things like paying for the person in front of you or behind you at Starbucks or buying extra groceries and dropping them off at the food pantry. I mean, there's a lot of ways to be of service. It doesn't have to cost a lot of money and it doesn't have to take a lot of time. It just needs to come from your heart. So try to figure out somebody that you can help and then add that to your daily life. And number five is facing your fear. In the recovery world, we say that we are driven by a thousand forms of fear. And your anxiety comes from fear. And it maintains itself because fear just breeds more fear, right? That's why anxiety is such a problem because when we get anxious, our body gets activated, our minds get activated, and then that activation creates more anxiety, more fear. So the key is to really allow the fear to happen. Allow it to come in and acknowledge it. You want to know, you want to say to yourself, I, hear, I feel that fear coming in. I know I'm having a lot of anxiety and fear right now. And um, I'm going to continue to do what I was doing anyway. So if you're in a grocery store and you're having a little bit of a panic about social anxiety or just Corona or whatever, and you can feel that anxiety creeping in, allow yourself to feel it and acknowledge it and then keep doing your grocery shopping. So keep working through the fear. Self-esteem is often found in that delicate balance between your deepest desire and your greatest fear. That little dash in between those two things is where the real meat of this work is, right? Your deepest desires and your greatest fears. So finding a way to work through the discomfort of uncomfortable feelings is a key to success in building confidence beyond recovery. So the five things, just to repeat again, trying something new. Number two, write down your accomplishments. Number three, get physically active. Number four, help someone. And number five, face your fear. So which of these steps resonates with you the most right now? And what if you took one and you focused on it for this entire next week? Just really dive into it. So I want you to pick one of these things and I want you to dive in. Notice how you feel each day. What was scary about it? What was liberating about it? What makes you feel whole again? And so then what, what if right now you made a decision to make yourself a priority and you do this one thing from this list every day? You take tiny steps, you acknowledge your progress, and you get big wins. That's how we create change, guys. Doing small things every day consistently builds change. This is how we will have that peace and serenity and self-confidence that we've been longing for your whole life and really elevate your sobriety from good to amazing you do not have a single thing to lose in this situation, honestly. You have everything to gain. There's nothing that you can lose if you were to do what I'm asking you to do right now. If you're ready for more, if you want to learn that practical wisdom you need to become the stronger, more confident version of yourself, then come on over and join our inner circle. That's what I created it for. It's a monthly membership loaded with tons of content just like this, plus 
you get monthly coaching from me in the members only Facebook group. So you can get more information if that, if that's your thing, if you're ready to dive in, just go to shelbyjohncoaching.com forward slash inner circle. If you're not ready, that's totally fine. Keep listening to this podcast. Keep doing the things that I'm presenting to you. Take the tools I'm sharing with you and put them into action. We have to put one foot in front of the other and take action in order to build that emotional sobriety. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I look so forward to hearing what your one thing is. I want you to let me know. Either drop it in the Facebook group or send me an email. Just let me know what your one thing is so I can be rooting for you as you go along. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you like what you're hearing and go ahead and leave a review. And as a final note, people spend a lifetime searching for happiness, looking for peace. They chase idle dreams, addictions, religions, even other people, hoping to fill the emptiness that plagues them. The irony is the only place they have ever needed to search was within. Ramona L. Anderson. See you next week. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Confident Sober Women. If you enjoyed this conversation, hit the subscribe button above so you won't miss any upcoming episodes. And hey, if you really loved it, leave me a review. You can learn more about the Sober Freedom Inner Circle membership at www.shelbyjohncoaching.com forward slash inner circle. See you next time.